With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our guest today is a healer and a teacher. Renee Colston ex- excelled in the corporate world for many years. And as a fascinating and exciting as it was, she explains it was a w- winning the game of personal power and financial success wasn't enough. There was something definitely missing And in 1986, while on a sabbatical from corporate responsibilities, it became quite apparent that her ability as a natural healer could no longer be ignored. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, Paula, you and I met Renee Coltson, the International Director of the Reconnective Animals Program at the Reconnective Healing Conference in August of last year. She is a spirited being with a gift for supporting animals with this awesome healing method. And it is a standalone therapeutic technique that she is um, really has brought to the forefront. This technique assists animals in their release of individual and collective past trauma. And Paula, I was just thinking it must be so exciting to watch these particular healing energies work at a cellular level, releasing the vibrations that hold the pattern of disease um, in people and also animals, you know? I know, I agree. When I returned home from Reconnective Healing Conference, the exciting part was that one didn't have to physically touch an individual or animal, and the results still would happen. And to work with animals, it's such a gentle, non-invasive way to assist all animals with their physical illness, fears, and anxiety, and even behavior issues. And other benefits include restored balance, bringing about improved state of health, and ability to accelerate the healing process as well as keeping your animal friend calm, at rest, and peaceful during stressful situations. Renee, it is truly a pleasure to have you with us today, so welcome. Thank you so much, Paula and Taz. Of course, it is my absolute pleasure, delight, and honor to be here. Well, we uh, Taz and I uh, went to the Reconnective Healing Conference, and we learned so much. And it's just wonderful. I've worked with the, the healing technique myself, but you've gone beyond just working with people. You've started working with animals. Well, I've really worked with animals all my life, or they've shown up at my door all of my life. And so when I stepped into Reconnective Healing after being a Reiki Master teacher, actually, for 11 years before, and really recognizing that Reconnective Healing is so much truly more. It's everything the researchers are saying about it. It is it is more, and it is different. And I need to cover the word technique right up front because... That's a bit of a misnomer because one of the things that we teach in the seminar is, of course, this is not a technique. Um, We are not filtering. We are not setting an intention. We are not scanning. We are not calling on any particular um, beings. We are not, you know, deciding what's out of balance and so we are really moving into a time on this planet where things are truly evolving and shifting. And to empower ourselves to just get out of the way and allow allow absolute divinity to come through and bring what's appropriate is what reconnective healing is more about, restoring balance. We really don't treat symptoms. It's better if the healer and we do call ourselves healers or practitioners, do not know what is wrong with the animal. Because then it's very easy, as I'm sure you know with your backgrounds, to start filtering and deciding where that animal needs work. When in, in fact, when balance is restored, it's healing 101. The body will heal itself. 
So I just wanted to clarify on the technique, because when somebody comes to a seminar, we certainly do spend a lot of time at the tables with the teaching team helping people to feel the frequencies more powerfully by shifting their hands a little bit this way and that way, just to show them that minor shifts can change how things are coming through. But there isn't any rule on exactly where you have to hold your hands or how you have to hold your hands, and you don't have to prepare in any way. This work is so simple. I think the most difficult thing for people when they come in, if they have a background in the healing arts, is letting go of the technique and moving beyond that and just being with the frequencies engaged. We really are not the ones doing the healing. And in fact, the way it's set up with the communication from the universe is the practitioner engages, they feel the frequencies, they find it, they find this sensation, whatever it is, because it's not always the same, and they observe what is happening with the animal or the person. The connection happens directly from the practitioner to the universe, and the universe connects to the animal. So there is no transference of energy. We are going beyond energy, actually, into a more comprehensive spectrum of light and information. You know, within the DNA, there's much information that is being communicated through our structure. Now, so, it's interesting. You you actually had a, a Reiki background, so so there I actually is loved a difference. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, my God, I, I'm telling you, Taz, in 2000, I say I was cosmically dragged to that seminar in San Diego with Dr. Eric Pearl because I wasn't looking to change. I loved what I was doing. I had a successful Reiki practice in, especially with performance horses as well as people and, and household pets as well. So when I heard about the seminar, I said, no, 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 you know, forget it. I don't go to seminars. I'm very happy with what I'm doing. And honestly, universe pretty much gave me that, what we would call universe kick in the pants, you know, because for three days I couldn't stop thinking about whatever this was because there was no book at the time and I wasn't Internet savvy. It just came through information from a friend of mine. And literally I decided, you know, okay, all right, all right, all right. So I picked up the phone. I called and I registered for the seminar after getting something faxed from my friend. And I went out, and my horse that morning, I'm going to have to say, gifted me with an injury star. And so I went out to do a Reiki treatment on my horse. And I was used to energetic shifts in my hands, and I was accustomed to changes of temperature. And all of that, but something really extraordinary happened that day that I didn't really understand or even relate to registering for that seminar at that moment. But when I was working on her, I looked at my hands, and they were literally, they were like on fire. They, they were be red, there were welts raising off of them, and there was blood coming out of each of my palms, just a pinprick. Remember, I didn't know Eric Pearl's story. And I can share that with you in a moment. But I thought, oh, my gosh, am I suddenly allergic to my horse? This can't be because I really didn't – my brain had nowhere to go with that, right? And then my friend called me later, wanted to know if I got it, meaning the facts. And, boy, I really did get it, didn't I? And um, I told her what was going on, and she laughed, which I thought, well, that's pretty mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sent me the tape of the tape. That's how long ago that was. And um, she had heard Eric Pearl on, co on another radio program doing an interview, and they were so moved by him and what he had to say that her and two other Reiki master friends of mine signed up for a seminar right then and thought I should go. You know, well, the universe came through loud and clear that day, and. When I listened to the tape, of course, I figured out that, wow, I wasn't allergic to anything. It was simply by registering for that seminar that somehow those frequencies, I entrained with those frequencies and went through a shift. So at that moment, I knew that going to this seminar was going to be very monumental in my life. And, oh, my gosh, was it? It really, really was. 
as much as I wanted to resist that, you know, we kind of get stuck in our own steps, I think. And I sure was, you know, stuck in my blissful little place with Reiki. And, and of course, it's a lot different now. So now everybody's so lucky because there's a book, you know, called The Reconnection where people call me all the time. They have experiences just reading the book. Did you? Oh, oh, Oh. yeah. But, you know, it was when I went to it um, and I came home, it was hard for me to believe that I could actually do something. And so I started working on my husband and I was getting results. It was like just blew me away. (laughs) It is a mind blower. It really is. Today, I mean, 12 years later, you know, still doing the work, I'm still in awe of it, still, at, you know, the miracles that can happen. And, you know, it's not always spontaneous. The the thing with this work of practitioner and and people, you know, animals don't carry all of that needy, um, you know, needing to have anything specific as much as human beings do. But one of the challenges with people is that they have a specific idea of how their healing should look. I'm not dealing with that with animals. And and I see a lot of spontaneous healings with animals. And I also, with animals, the same as people, I see that sometimes the healing isn't exactly what the caretaker might have called me for. And it isn't always immediate. Sometimes it unfolds over time and sometimes it's spontaneous. And so really the gift of this work is the giving us the understanding that the intelligence of the universe is very active in this. And we just have to step into our mastery and recognize that the divine is going to come through with what is appropriate right now. Miracles are abundant. We shouldn't decide which one it has to be. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, what was it? I mean, you know, after you got done with the your first reconnective um, uh, workshop with Eric Plural, and you went home, and you must have really thought, I'm going to see what happens working with my animals. You know, was there any experience that? <gasps> there was. It was so cool. Um, so I got Star, you know one of my horses out she was you know my first ever horse so um i didn't even tie her up to the hitching post i just brought her you know i just threw a lead rope over her neck and walked her up to the hitching post and stood her there and started working on her and the first thing that happened is is her head immediately kind of dropped down and was resting on the hitching post and as i moved further and further away which is Statistically, you know, the research shows that there's a huge field effect with these frequencies. And the further we distance ourselves from the body, I'm not talking necessarily about distance healing, I'm talking about being present with the animal, but moving further and further and further away, there's almost a sensation in um, our hands that can demonstrate itself in many different ways. But one of them is just finding something, feeling feeling something, find, finding it, feeling it, and stretching it out. Well, I was getting further and further and further away, and I started to actually see her demonstrating more profoundly. But here was the really strange thing. So I have this really good friend of mine, Paul, who has the gift of, you know, he sees energy fields. He sees things. I mean, I can't claim that one. I wish I could. But he was coming up for a visit. And Star, by the time he arrived, actually was walking. She had come up, you know, her head off the hitching post and backed away and sort of decided she was going to go for a little walk, right? But here's the great news. I don't have to follow the horse or the animal that's on the move because there's this connection that actually amplifies as they get further away. Well, he said, Renee, what kind of a rope do you have on that horse? It's glowing, I can see these amazing colors and stuff. What is that? And I said, I don't have her tied to a rope at all, Paul. So apparently he was, you know, of course, I really don't know. We we really don't, can't explain things, but he saw it, and he recognized that there was some sort of a connection between me and my horse, but I didn't have a rope on her. And as she walked away, it didn't disconnect. So that was amazingly validating 
for me because, you know, my challenge was coming back from a seminar and being blown away by what I had seen and learned. But I had all these people booked and clients with animals booked for Reiki treatment. (laughs) And I had a little bit of a struggle with that, you know, but I'm going, well, I've never, you know, when I did Reiki, if a horse walked away, I had to be in a a, a more confined space with a large animal. I couldn't stand outside of a, if there was a, say, that I was working with a horse that was a little difficult with Reiki and you know, a couple times I encountered those because they feed those big animals a lot of grain to make them run, you know, and give them more energy. And a couple times in my career I encountered horses that I said, well, I'm not, I'm not coming back to that coin and with that horse. I'll do distance healing. Well, the beauty of this work, and that demonstrated so beautifully that day with Star and what my friend Paul witnessed, is that we don't have to be in in the same proximity with the animal we don't even have to be in their habitat so we can go out into situations with animals you know in fact if you don't mind i'm just going to interject a healing story right here because it just presented itself um i was called to a zoo to interact with the zebra of course i had no idea really what the issue with the zebra was but i was told that the zebra had bitten off more than one finger of, you know, the curators. And I said, well, clearly I'm not going in with that zebra. I'm not crazy, right? I said, that's great. I'll just, you know, let me just work outside of that zebra's habitat. And he didn't bite, by the way, they said, well, he didn't bite off the fingers out of a meat from, as a mean gesture. He just got so excited. And I went, whatever the reason, I'm not going in there. So I was standing out on the sidewalk in the same area that you would be on if you were at the zoo as a visitor. So I'm on the sidewalk, and then there's a big, a little, a low block wall, then there was a ditch, and then there was this high fence, and that was behind it was a zebra habitat. Well, there was a herd of zebras standing off to one area to the right, and there was one lonely zebra standing there, and they said, well, that's Fenton. And I said, oh, okay then. So all I had to do was I looked at Fenton and engaged in the frequencies. Fenton connected with that sensation through the field. He was aware of it, and he came charging the fence, actually, and bounced off the fence. And then he stood perfectly, perfectly still for like 20 minutes while I did a, a session. So I wasn't really, you know, anywhere near where that zebra could bite off my fingers. But he was demonstrating the registers. His ears were showing signs of what we call registers. He had muscle group movements going. It's involuntary. And it's something that we that I never saw when I did any other healing modality. And I was trained in many, many, many healing modalities. It's just that I primarily embraced Reiki over the years. You know, the I call it BR, before reconnective healing. And... um <laughs> And anyway, after 20 minutes, he sort of, you know, just he shift, he he moved his body a little bit, and I went, yeah, I, yeah, session's over, and and then he walked off. He went up to join the herd. Now the animal curator was standing next to me, and, and two of them actually, and they both said, "Wow, that is really odd." The reason they asked me to work on Fenton was because he was not socializing with the girls. And he had, they had brought him into the zoo specifically to breed. He hadn't socialized. Well, 11 months later, Fenton, a little, uh, Fenton as I call her, little Fenton was born. And he just had his second offspring this just last spring, too. So he had his, for whatever reason, he was not socializing with other zebras and whatever was holding him back from that shifted immediately in that 20-minute session. But the real point of that was I did not need to go into the habitat with Fenton. I was working yards away. In fact, when I engaged in the frequencies and connected to, to him through the field, and remember what the researchers are saying, that there's a there is a statistically huge field effect with these frequencies. And he acknowledged and he sent, he sensed the connection and responded to it by coming closer. He didn't have to do that, by the way. 
I mean, I could have worked from where I was. Now you said anyway, so we don't have to be right up close to the animal. That's one of the one of the things that really got my attention in this seminar. Is you know, with Reiki, we were in other energetic um, modalities. You're you're, clo- you're either on the body or within you know proximity to the etheric body or in the aura. Did you have a question? Yeah, I was going to say, um, is it different times for sessions for different animals? Do you, are you just aware when the session's over with? I'm really not aware because the fact of the matter is when we go out on a professional level, you know, I didn't have him confined other than he was in his habitat. It was just clear he was done and he walked away. But it was a good 20-minute session and, and he had his healing. But generally, when a practitioner is going out on a professional basis or, you know, to work with an animal or if a person is coming to their practice, we are not being paid for the healing. I mean, that's pretty standardized, right? We're not really being paid for healings. I, I didn't feel like I was being paid for a healing for Reiki either. I was being paid for my time. We're in fair exchange for our time. So there, there is a set time. So if I go out to a barn and I am, you know, engage, my services are are engaged by the trainer or the owner of that horse, I'm on a fee-paid basis. I'm going to work 30 minutes. That's the session. That's the same session time I work with people. It isn't about how long, okay? A healing can happen in instantaneously. It can happen like that. But it may also unfold over time. With um, a situation like an animal, and one recently did show up, actually, not too long ago, um, I often get animals show up at my practice that are bitten by rattlesnakes because, well, there's rattlesnakes out there, and they go nosing around, and they know where to come. Well, the dog, he didn't. I didn't have to put him on the table and work on him 30 minutes. But, right. you know, I worked on him. I don't know for how long, but... For me, I still want to spend some time. And honestly, when you're going out to work with people's pets, be it household or domesticated animals that are, you know, backyard animals like a a ranch or a farm, or domesticated like llamas and things like that, I still, you know, I'm in fair exchange for my time. But I have to tell you something. It takes a little bit longer because it isn't the same working with an animal as it is a person. A person comes in, they know why they're there, they get on the table, they have their session time, and off they they go. But an animal, you need to be very um, conscientious of keeping that animal feeling safe and secure and knowing that they have boundaries and there's an appropriateness in, in protocol of approaching an animal that you don't know. I mean, take, for instance, a lady who last week, the news anchor in Denver who was bitten in on the face, on the air, by a dog. I mean, do you know about that? Yes. Well, you know what? She crossed over the boundaries of the comfort zone of that dog. It's not the fault of the dog. She shouldn't have put her face in the face of a dog that she doesn't know. I don't recommend it. So it can take a little longer working with an animal because you want want to have a nice introduction, have a bit of a, a bond and a nice approach with the animal. So really, it can take longer. It isn't that the healing takes longer. It just might take a little more patience, depending on the species of the animal, and a little more time because, you know, the animal wants to smell you. They might not be comfortable right away with a stranger in their environment if you don't have a facility where they come to yours. So that's something that a person really has to keep in mind when they're going out to do energy or any kind of healing work with with animals. But the person who's paying the fee, they want to see you interacting with that animal. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, I can't just say hello, get the animal comfortable and work for two minutes and say, Well I've been here for thirty, I'm done. So sometimes it can take longer, but you know, the second time it certainly doesn't take as long. The animal's already comfortable with you. And there are species like horses for instance, that for me anyway, I, I, I I just I always assumed it was the same for everybody, but I don't really think it is. I think you have to be a horse person. You know, I can walk into the stall of a horse and let the horse smell me, pet, pet it, say hello, and off we go. You know, we just start working as long as I know the horse, you know, 
it takes 15 seconds for me to to know if this horse is going to be um aggressive you know so anyway so horses for me take about the same you know 30 minutes i'm in them i'm in and out of that whole thing because i'm not debriefing you remember you know you brief and you debrief right you tell them when Mm -hmm. when you're working with people there's you know dialogue well that dialogue doesn't happen with an animal either so it's not about the time. I really want to make sure, you know, your listeners understand this isn't about how long a session is, but if but especially for people if they walked into a practitioner's environment and the practitioner just waved their hands around them for 30 seconds and say, "Oh, okay, now there you go. He's got, this, you know, your essence has been introduced to the frequencies. Um, you're, you know, you can ha- you'll have your healing now. Well, they may not consciously be able to embrace that at all. People have a time thing. Time and money are relative, right? right. But the healing does not depend on the time. Well, I Renee? my dog my dog recently got bit by um a pit bull. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so I worked on him. And after I worked on him for a couple, I worked on him twice, it was like he was begging for it almost because he would come. And you know your dog, so you don't have to worry about all that approach in the body mm-hmm. part. But, I mean, he was like, like, like he was like glue to me. It was like he mm-hmm. wanted, he was asking me yeah. for more. Animals are definitely very responsive to this work. They absolutely are. They recognize, you know, the light. Did you have a question, Paula? Oh, Taz, did you well, have a question? Or Taz, yeah, was that yeah. Taz? Okay. Yeah. Taz. <laughs> you know, is there some kind of, um, like, scientific research that's been done on this particular method? Well, as, as a matter of fact, many? I'm glad you asked that, because it, this work has been researched for a number of years by several different scientific teams around the world. And so I'll just give you a rundown of the ones that I'm the most familiar with. Um, For instance, Gary Schwartz, who most people have heard of Gary Schwartz. He runs the parapsychology department, I think, out of um, the University of Arizona down in, in Tucson. And he would bring equipment to the seminars and literally what they would do is before the people had come into the seminars, they would do these measurements through their very sophisticated equipment that read the um, energy in the hands. And not only that, you could see a picture on the computer screen of the active part of their hands. And then they would remeasure them after the seminar, and there was a huge difference on what they were able to um what their hands were showing, something shifted, something changed, and and there was a lot more energy showing in their hands. But that's not my favorite one. One of my favorites is um, Bill Tiller has a team of researchers. Um, Bill Tiller is this amazing physicist. He was in, in fact, he was in the movie What the Bleep Do We Know? And he has a team that he sends in with, something like, I think it's called, I'm not going to even say it because I can't get it right, very sophisticated equipment that measures the energetic activity in a room. It's called thermodynamic something. And what they do is a few days before a seminar, they come in to the room, they set up their equipment, and they get a baseline of the activity in the room. And as the seminar is approaching, but we haven't even started yet, something starts changing in that room and there's more activity. It's actually clear that universal intelligence knows we're coming and the space is is becoming what they call conditioned space. So then when we start the seminars and throughout the weekend, they have this equipment on a constant readout mode and during specific exercises that we're doing at the massage tables and things are spiking. And so it shows clearly that something is going on in that space that is beyond what was there before. So the baseline actually has changed when we're in there. And they notice in a hotel that after a few days, the baseline does go back to where it was 
in the begin before we before it started shifting and being conditioned. But that always interested me because I work in barns, and of course, um, I don't think you guys made it to the field trip or to the animal course in Santa Clarita for the gentle barn, right? Right. But we do that globally and often, and. I've talked to some of the researchers and said, I think you need to come into a barn and measure it because I am positive that when we go into an environment where there's animals and we're introducing the animal to these frequencies and literally they become part of their essence, these frequencies, they become part of the essence. And the animal becomes like an omnidirectional lighthouse. They actually... At least, you know, I don't have any science on this, but, I mean, we're kind of animals, right? And this is what happens with us. We become, like, these frequencies become part of our essence. And whether unconsciously or consciously, we can consciously engage in them. Maybe an animal can't, but sometimes unconsciously. Have you had the experience yet, Paula or Taz, where you're just suddenly sitting there or you're out in the world and you all of a sudden are aware that you're feeling the frequencies? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They just like somehow just start on their own. In fact, well, I'm feeling it now. <laughs> well, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah, we've got all the we're sending them we're we're well, we're receiving because that's another thing that's different. We don't send, we receive. So anyway, my theory, you know, which is not yet been introduced into the labs because I've been told they don't know how to measure animals, but I have a, an idea on that. But um anyway, I feel like when we leave those environments, we have made an impact on that environment with those animals forever. And they actually are just like that, an omnidirectional lighthouse. And they can share it with one another because, you know, there is that, um, they call it entanglement in the science, um, the science word would be entrainment. And we see entrainment all the time. I did a a workshop last week at a a sanctuary, and we went into the herd. That's one of the coolest things to do is going to a herd of horses with this. And I took the group into this herd of horses, and I spread them out, and I got one horse that I happen to know is a very good register because I've been there once or twice. And and so I I took Dreamer. And he followed me out way out into the pasture, and I had a practitioner come out. I wanted her to have a one-on-one experience with a horse. And so she started working on Dreamer, and Dreamer went into full-blown register. His leg was moving. His eyes were doing rapid eye movement. He, His head was hanging down. He was in truly a state, right? Well, then another horse decided he, he must have seen, it's kind of like your dog, I want more, right? Another <laughs> horse wandered over. And he stood, he lined up next to the horse, and I told the practitioner, I said, do not work on that horse. Keep your attention on the one horse dreamer. The highest form of the work is one-on-one. We'll just see what happens with this other horse. Well, of course, the other horse entrained. And the other horse went into full-blown register, too. Then another horse came, and this horse is a little pushier, a third one showed up, and it comes in and kind of was a little pushy, and so I, I said, no, 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 you know, we're going to take you over here. We have somebody else work on you independently, right, as if he understands me. And But he had another idea. No, he wanted to stand next to Dreamer, so Dreamer was flanked by two other horses, and all three of them, although the practitioner was focused on one horse, Dreamer, the other two were having their own experience because they entrained into the frequencies. So their essence has now also been introduced, and therefore they are now like an omnidirectional lighthouse and able to share those frequencies. Now, I have to make sure that everybody understands what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that we have research on that, but it's my – I think it's a, um, a pretty – I think I can really say that that's what's happening because we see it happen with people all the time. And, and actually, animals are people in verses. That's what Eric says. Stand them up on their feet. They're the same as us. They just have fursuits on. <laughs> so I think that things do change. In fact, there was another research team, um, uh, Fritz Pop's son, Alex Pop. You know who Fritz Pop is? He's written about in the field by Lynn McTaggart, and I recommend people read that book, you know, so they really understand how a huge field effect could occur 
with these new frequencies of healing. And uh, first, Pop's son has taken over his a lot of what his father was doing, and he was at our seminars in Italy last fall, and they were doing research on people, and so I went and I had a conversation with him, and I said, have you figured out a way, you know, that you can research the animals? Because I just think that it would be really amazing what you would find. He said, no, we haven't figured it out. And so I said, well, what about, you know, dairy cattle, for instance, because they give so much milk because they're such big animals. And and we do go into this dairy farm, this organic dairy farm in Amsterdam and have events, field trips and workshops. And and I said, wouldn't couldn't you measure the milk before the cow is introduced to the frequencies and after? Because the biophoton activity increases in water when it's been um, what Lynn McTaggart would say infected with the frequencies, you know, um, the biophoton activity increases. And so I'm going to say, I'll go on a limb here and say that, of course, the milk would have increased biophoton activity in it because the frequencies are present. So that's some of the research. Oh, of course, there's one more team that I just love and I'm very and I'm personally familiar with because I've met him. It's Konstantin Karakov, who has... Um, the book is out. I think it's on Amazon. Ooh, I'm not going to get the title right, but I think it's something like, oh, Reconnected Healing <laughs> Research. And him and his team have done a lot of different studies in a lot of different um, events worldwide. And also Eric Pearl has gone to St. Petersburg, Russia, where Konstantin is um, located and and done work on the Russian Olympic team and they measured and they actually saw a very real improvement in the performance of those athletes. So there's documented, measured, very that this work is very effective in what all of the research teams are indicating is that it is more than the other, I call them old paradigm healing modalities because it's limited to energy where this is going beyond into a new, more comprehensive spectrum of light and information. So that's a little synopsis of some of the research that's out there that is actually, you know, people can find that book and it's... uh, the Konstantin Karakov stuff is monumental. It's all monumental. You know, it's all amazing. And even in the space that we work, I have a healing center in North Phoenix, and people, when they walk in, they recognize that there's something going on there. They go, wow, it feels like really amazing here. Well, well, we would say that about any healing environment, right? But what's different there is people can sit in the sitting room while I'm working with somebody on the table and I go in to get them and they're like, they're in register sometimes <laughs> and they've already had a healing. <laughs> or they get a healing on the way to the door. The other thing that is noticeable in the area where my healing center is is it seems to be that the, that little part of the planet is just more um, uh, alive before the poppies spring up in other parts of the mountain ranges around there. They're they're cascading down the mountain behind Casa de Caballos. And people notice it. They go, how come there's only poppies here and nowhere else? I go, well, they're coming. <laughs> they just haven't <laughs> popped yet in the other places. And I get a lot of volunteer trees that come up. And, you know, that brings me, oh, gosh, it's not so much about animals. But, you know, agriculture, of course, there's a lot of animals in the agribusiness. You know, don't get me going on that because I, I get a little upset at some of that stuff. But I will say that a lot of the people who do gardening with these frequencies find that their vegetables are more nutrient-dense. They have they eat less of them, and their gardens are far more abundant. I've gotten some amazing pictures from people, and all flower gardens the same. The blooms are more lush. The um, plants that were maybe in dis-ease come back. So I'll, I won't go on about that because we're here really to talk about animals and reconnective healing, but I just want to say that you know, I've already covered peak performance with athletes, a little bit of gardening, animals, and people. So this work works with all life, be it 
people, animals, or plants. I was going to say about your healing center, I would think it would keep building and building and building. It would be like, because you're... It trained it over to the neighbors. You yeah. know, where the whole neighborhood's at. Well, actually, there are properties now behind the, the house next door. Not right now, but they will be. They were last year and they were in the year before. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible, of course, the earth is alive. And um, nature can entrain. So if you're working in your garden, I would guess that there would be, you know, that entrainment going on between the plants. Absolutely. Let me just take a minute here and let people know that we're, we're – um, our guest is Renee Coltson, C-O-L-T-S-O-N, and uh, she is the International Director of the Reconnective uh, Healing Animal Program. Uh, Renee's website is ReneeColtson.com. You know what? There's a better one. They should really not go to my website. They should go to the Reconnection.com. <laughs> they want to okay. know more about this. <laughs> well, it's more comprehensive. They'll, they'll find out a lot more about the work, and, and there's podcasts on there that I would guess that we would post this one, right? Podcasts on there that they can listen to, Eric Pearl and other people. Um, who are instructors and leaders in the different programs. And also, more importantly, and equally important really, is that there's a schedule of events so they can find out where the seminars are taking place globally and and when. So your uh, workshop... I'm suggesting they go to www.thereconnection.com. And so your workshops working with animals would be posted there also? Yes, they are. Oh, and there great. is a prerequisite to coming to my workshop. First, they have to go. They have to be a practitioner. They have to go level one and two. And really, I have to interject this as well. And you know this because you were at the seminars. When you leave the seminar on Sunday evening after Reconnect the Healing, you have everything you need. You need to go out and work all life. You don't need to do anything else. You're fully a practitioner as long as you complete the seminar, which means you stay to the end, and you're fully able to go out and work with all life. Nobody needs to take any additional seminars. My seminar is simply for those people who want to really know more about interacting with different species and how to approach them and the different dynamics of animals, but they don't need to take my workshop to go out and work with animals. They can go to level one and two, learn how to interact very efficiently with these, fully, fully effectively with these frequencies in just the two-day seminar. And they're on their way. So the Reconnective Healing with Animals mentoring course is sort of a, a bonus that's available for those who just, you know, want to know more. Okay. So you were, so uh, I think it was you that shared the story about working with racehorses. Okay. Yeah. One of the, the one that had his eye out and all the lacerations, that racehorse? Yeah. That particular story? Mm-hmm. You want me to tell that story? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Well, I live in North Phoenix in the Cape Creek area, and there's um, uh, a racetrack not far from here. But there was a, a, a very bad accident, and somebody just didn't put the pin correctly into the horse trailer connection to the truck, and the pin popped out. The horse trailer did a disconnect and it rolled down a ravine. And the hood, the roof of the horse trailer popped off, and the two horses and the goat that were in it came out. And um, one horse in particular, in particularly, was worse off than the other horse and the goat. But they all sustained injuries. And when I... Um, the man who owned this horse... horse was told by the vet that basically they should just euthanize the horse, that her career was definitely over, and um, the healing process was going to be very long and rehabilitation would be difficult. And So in this case, you know, I, ha- I do work with veterinarians, and this vet said, well, and there was also a woman in the barn who I've worked on her racehorse, and both of them agreed that, well, maybe he should call for reconnective healing. So he did call me, and I, and I might say he did not believe in anything about this work at all, but yet he was willing to take a chance, you know, for his horse. And I did three sessions on that horse, 
and it was a couple months later, and, and then I didn't go back, you know. And um, a couple months later, uh, there's a lot to the story, but I'm not going to tell the whole story. It's too long. But let me just tell you the after effect. <laughs> I don't know. I kept thinking of this horse, right? For three days, this horse would pop into my mind. So I called a contact of mine at the racetrack, and I said, Jim, would you please, you know, check to see if this horse gets pulled any day soon and he called me back and goes okay you have some premonition on this horse because she's running and the odds are 40 to 1 now I have to tell you something about odds on racehorses they're not based on injuries and and, and accidents they're based on performance from the past <laughs> this horse never was a great racehorse she never was a good runner okay but the guy really lo- apparently really loves this horse so that is an important piece of information. She was her performance wasn't that great beforehand. She it was about two months between the time of the accident, her injuries. You know her injuries that she sustained. By the way, were I when I arrived, her eye had been had stitches all the way around it. Her tail was partially lacerated off. She had deep lacerations on her legs. She had some tendon damage. She had deep lacerations in her girth area. They suspected that she had deep wither, wither damage, which, which would be like the, our, um, the base of our neck, you know, that hump there at the top, of, you know, whatever that's called, the nape of our neck, um, which is you sustain an injury there, you've got problems. And they suspected that, but they couldn't verify it with x-rays. So... Those were the injuries that the horse sustained. And after I did one session, actually the barn manager, who was a a Puerto Rican, who they kind of embraced this kind of natural healing thing. They really, really honor it. And he saw how she was responding to this, and he actually never administered the drugs after then. And I came back, and I came back again, and and Manny told me, he said, by the way, I have never given her any of the painkillers. She doesn't have any pain. You know, they can tell, right? So that's what happened, you know, to her in the accident and sustained the injuries and his process and so on. And then my process was off I go, and I never really went back to that barn, nor did I hear anything either. And that's kind of what you have to do with this work is it's next. Move on. You know, there's more waiting. And... Um, so we found out that she was scheduled to run. The odds were 40 to 1. And Jim goes, you better put some money on this horse. Well, I didn't. You know, I had a $100 bill in my hand, and I was going to, but I just couldn't. I'm not a gambler. Anyway, she won. She won. Yeah. So there you go. Now, there's a horse that had never won a horse. You know, she didn't run that well. She did race, but she never, she wasn't a big money a big money winner and she's never performed well she won that race so, we, so did the work get around the the horse track that- well yeah it did well it was already around the horse track you know that now she happened to be in an off-track barn when i went to her and i and to tell you the truth i'm i'm, I'm not i'm not really allowed at that racetrack anymore <laughs> because some veterinarians got really upset so not about oh. that one in particular but others you know that they deemed you know, euthanize them, send them to the send them to the killer auction. You know, that's basically they're treated as machines. And of course, I'm a huge advocate for animals and humane treatment of them, and recognizing that they are sentient and they are aware. And just because they don't have the words and speak to us the same speak the same way we do, it's not that they're not communicating. It's not that they're they are definitely deserving of our respect. They have a place in society and they have a place on on this planet and they should be treated as so. And I think that one of the things that the animals have come into this existence for is they are heart openers. And I think that on some level they have volunteered to, in many cases, be horribly abused to wake us up, to get people into their hearts. You know, there's nothing um, more devastating I think for a human being than to see a child or an animal suffering. And now Renee, I was I was gonna say yeah. let's um make sure that people have maybe a phone number they can call you to make a connection with you if they would like to contact you regarding their animal. They can and they can contact you too, right? For yeah. your oh. you, you do the work. And I, you know, I'm not all about me. I have to say that there's people all over the planet, all over this world, who have been trained in this work, 
and are available for sessions, whether it was with people or pets. So first I'll give my phone number, and then I'm going to give a way to find a practitioner in your area. So my phone number is, um, sorry, area code 480-595-0888. On the website, thereconnection.com, there's a practitioner directory. It doesn't list all practitioners worldwide. They have to choose to be posted there, but you can go into any area, put your city or the nearest metropolitan city near you, and find a practitioner that you can call. And of course, distance healing is very effective. I get emails from all over the world to do healing sessions with people and pets and and practitioners all over the world do distance healings too. My email address is animals, as in more than one, R-A-R-E, waiting, W-A-I-T-I-N-G, at msn.com. So um, I don't know who your audience is. They're international, yes? Yes, well, and then I looked there. We're in the San Jose, California area. Oh, you know we're coming there, right? No. And it's July. Yes, and July 20th. Um, we'll begin our event in San Jose. Friday night is the Essence Lecture. This will be uh, level one and top two. Will be taught by Dr. Eric Pearl and the teaching team of the Reconnection in San Jose. July 20th, 21st, and 22nd is Reconnective Healing, and then Monday and Tuesday is the Reconnection, which is a different application of the frequencies. More about acceleration, life path acceleration, and evolution. The next domestic seminar, if people just can't wait for San Jose in your area, is in Phoenix, Arizona. And that's coming up the end of March. And I'll be doing a Reconnective Animals introduction in both cities um, on Thursday night. And also offering the Animals Workshop in both cities on the Wednesday following the seminars. More on that later. It's not posted. My events are not posted in San Jose yet, but the seminars are. And Phoenix is well on its way. And right now there's still a 21% um, gift off of the seminar registration fee for Phoenix, Arizona until the end of February. So that's pretty exciting. Phoenix is going to be a very, very exciting um, event overall. And the animal workshop that I'm leading on Wednesday, April the 4th, is at Dream Chaser Equine Rescue. Where so when you, I'm not. Don't mean to uh, to interrupt you. Okay. But when you when you come to San Jose, uh, will there be a field trip? Um, well, listen, I'm open to that, <laughs> but I need to find a, a I need a sanctuary. So right now I don't have anything. Um, people are looking. I have friends about an hour and a half from San, San Jose that say that they could, you know, set something up. Um, I don't. It wouldn't be. I don't know. There will be an animal. There will definitely be reconnective healing with the animals workshop on Wednesday. I can't promise a field trip. They're different. <laughs> the field trip is open to people who are not practitioners. It's a way for them to be introduced to the work. In fact, we have that scheduled. We have a field trip scheduled in Phoenix, North Phoenix, March 24th. And those are always fundraisers. So we are um, offering this opportunity in North Phoenix on Saturday from 1 to 3, a two-hour event where anyone, practitioners, families, friends, anyone can come to Dream Chaser equine rescue and rehabilitation and animal sanctuary to be introduced to the frequencies. We will be showing them how to find the frequencies, and they can go out and interact with the animals, and they will see a response, possibly. It depends. You know, Sometimes the what we call registers are not that visible, but it doesn't mean that less is happening. It just means that there's low there's low responders and high responders, but that has no effect on actually the healing that's coming through. It just gives the practitioner something to be really amused by, being able to watch that. But all proceeds for that event 
will go to Dream Chaser. And it's only $15 a person. Children of all ages are, work, are welcome, and they're free under 12. And I am a facilitator for Reconnective Kids, so I'll be working with those children and letting them feel the frequencies and go out and work with the animals. And listen, if I found a, a proper environment in San Jose, maybe I would come in early and do a field trip Saturday before the Saturday before the weekend of the events, I'm op- I would possibly do that. Sure. Do you know what? Yeah. Well, well, we'll keep our ears. We'll keep- yeah, okay. maybe somebody will call. What we need are you know a variety of species: and horses, dogs, cats, anything else, goats. You know, right. for people to interact with. And I would love to do a field trip. I mean, I love sharing this work with the world in any way that we can because honestly once those animals are introduced off they go shine in the light well i'm excited that that uh you're coming to san jose oh yeah we'll and plus if, probably see you. Yeah. if somebody yeah. wants to experience the uh the work they can go on reconnection.com and, and find a practitioner like you said and i looked right. and there were, there's practitioners in san jose mountain view fremont santa cruz so anybody out there listening, they can right. Have and a I think session. Patrice, Pat- you met Patrice, right? Patrice, yeah. Mr. okay, Canig, yeah. and of course she is, you know, an instructor, or she's an she's an associate instructor, and she's near there, and she will. I would suggest that people do stay tuned to that website because Patrice will no doubt be doing introductions to the work ahead of time. You know, before the seminar comes there, she'll be out introducing the work. And we also have a lot of that going on in Phoenix. I mean, if you're listeners, I'm sure you have listeners in Arizona as well. And we've got events scheduled in Arizona, in Sedona, in Tempe, in Phoenix, all leading up to the Phoenix events and, of course, the field trip. And there will be a – actually, all they have to do is contact me, and I'll as soon as I get the flyer – for the field trip event, um, I will be happy to send that out, and they can share it with others. And also, there will be flyers for the seminar events in both cities—not just both cities, Phoenix and San Jose, but other places around the world, because we are quite global. Eric Pearl is someplace, you know, every weekend. About let me see, there's 52 weeks in the year. Um, he's on the road at some 40 weeks of the year, I think. he's There's seminars someplace. It's a lot. And, of course, he's not the only instructor. There's, only, there's other instructors as well that are also just amazing. You know, it's not about who's instructing. It's about the work. It's The work is remarkable. I'm well, telling I believe you. Patrice I moved on from Reiki, <laughs> and I loved it. So... Well, I believe that um, Patrice lives in Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So that's not too far from the Bay Area. Right. We still probably do presentations up there as well, and and um, maybe something in San Jose beforehand, or maybe I'll come in and do a field trip beforehand. Well, if we have any that's listeners great. out there that know, yes, go ahead. I, I was going to say you have actually. Grabbed our shirt tails again, and uh, uh, you well, you know can tell we I'm just a little passionate about this work because I cannot <laughs> expound on it enough. I cannot. I mean, please, at least people who are listening, definitely. There's a book out there called The Reconnection: Heal Others, Heal Yourself, which we didn't talk about. But actually, when you're standing there working with an animal or a person, you actually are receiving healing too. Because remember. The connection is from the person, the practitioner to the universe, and then the practitioner is a receiver of these frequencies from the universe, and the universe connects to the being that you're working with, and they're receiving healing too. So everybody wins. Well, you were talking about the. You were talking about hands getting warm or hot, or cold. When I when I do the work. and that's not all, by the way. It's, there's also sensations. There's yeah, like right. a multitude of possibilities. Okay. Well, I get really hot in my forehead or the third eye area. Oh. So I don't know if anybody's ever talked about that. But anyway. I think there's so many variables of what people feel that um, it's all possible. We 
are really out of time, and this time with you has been so blessed. And thank you. We uh, really appreciate your time, and we look forward to seeing you and connecting with you again real soon. I'll see you in San Jose. Yes. Absolutely. Thank Let you, me Renee. Know if you've Thank you. Oh, and thank you so much for allowing me to share this fantastic work and the love for the animals. And, and I just think that we all need to really be aware and make that connection from our household pets, too. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 